You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This week, we are joined by Dr. Neil Marsh and a few other Broadmoor staff members. Neil spoke this past Sunday on Psalms 42 and 43, and he and the gang worked together to unpack uh, and talk through some of his points from this past Sunday. Uh, They talk about vulnerability. They talk about God's faithfulness through pain and suffering. They talk about the three enemies we have in our lives. This and more on After the Message. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good Good morning. morning. How are y'all today? We are amazing. This is this is a a good group this morning. A little little different than normal. We got some. some, We brought in the the heavy hitters today. Yes, we did. (laughs) did. That's not what you told us we were earlier. (laughs) Well, as I was trying to round this group up, I said, all the others are out, so you are the last-minute add-ons, please. That's right. Yes. That's right. Praise the Lord. No, it's going to be great. So we got the one and only Neil Marsh, Hello, who Luke. brought the heat yesterday, mm. or the smoke, depending on your generation. Mm. All, right. all right. Thank you, Next Geners, for appreciating that. Uh, Chris Grote. Good morning. Um, who's next? I'm going to go with Hold Jordan, on. Too. I thought you, he forgot my just, name for a How second. do you describe Chris Grote? You, I said the smooth talker. I said he's smooth on the, the velvet voice. Yes, I don't know that I use the word velvet. It was implied. Yeah, but it was say smooth. something just Chris. in general. Yeah, li- yeah, did you hear that? Yeah, it's not <laughs> so smooth. smooth. <laughs> it's just yes. a high quality microphone. <laughs> well, <laughs> I should have started with Amy because ladies first, but Amy I'll go last. Cockcroft, Jordan two, <laughs> and then Chase Hammock. Or, uh, he's not really with us, but he's with us. Oh, and I'm Mark Evans. Yeah, um, I, I get to. <laughs> Thank you, Chase. I get to be the, uh, what do you call me? The host, moderator, narrator. We call you many things. I'm sure you Behind do. your back, but today we'll call you the host. You yeah. do not really wait to call it behind my back. <laughs> You're pretty comfortable calling it right in my face. So, uh, Neil, man, great day yesterday. Absolutely. That was a good day. Really, really awesome. good. Uh, how you feel? You you opened up pretty pretty good bit. Yeah. Um, kind of bared would, your soul a little bit. Yeah. Um, felt good uh, about, until about, Three hours after the worship service, I was driving to Home Depot to pick up something. And like in our men's small groups, we call like a vulnerability hangover where I was driving and went, oh, no. Yeah. That Hmm. may have been too much. Like, uh, I don't know if that was helpful. Yeah. But then I did a quick check-in. But you even talked about that yesterday, Neil. The yep. enemy puts lies sure. in your head. That's a, right. And that's, that's what that that's was. That's exactly how I talked to my small group members yesterday. I was like, I think this is where how the enemies mess with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just go into that a little bit. Like what what were you feeling over the last couple of weeks as you were preparing? I'm sure there was moments of am I am I really gonna share this story? Am I really gonna read this letter? How yeah. deep am I gonna go here? The fear, the lies were probably already starting. So what yeah. what did, how did you Think so through that. Yeah. So for me, I don't really write if I'm – so I started a few weeks ago pulling stuff together for the sermon. And then I don't write the introduction. That's the very last thing that I will decide what I'm going to do. I keep like some ideas available but because I don't want to run behind a story. I want to kind of sit with where the scriptures, where are we at, right? Mm. And I know my tendency would be to, oh, that's a great story. Let's – and then now I'm jacking up things. So um, – had, there was no intention of using – their letter didn't exist until a week ago. Literally, like I said, when I was doing sermon prep, 
and I went, oh, I better pause and slow down. I haven't done the work on some of this stuff myself. Mm. Let me just, I mean, that should be the desire, like for sermon prep anyway, it was like, how is this passage, the truth of it, invading my life, or how does it need to? And uh, so I had to stop. It was last Saturday, and I was going to write, start writing that day, and instead I put that down and went, let me just write this letter to Dad. Uh, oh. In my counseling sessions, my counselor had talked about, hey, um, that's probably a good thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's where I started. And um, so then even then, the letter was never intended for the sermon mm-hmm. and um, was going to talk about Dad in the intro. And I kind of felt that as the sermon kind of become came together. And then I went to, had a counseling session last week. And in that, um, I asked, I read the letter aloud. Um, and the feedback I got from my counselor was, that's really, really powerful. Would you consider sharing that? Mm. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, and because again, I didn't read the whole letter. There's parts of that letter that are not really for public consumption that are for me and my dad or me and my family. But the parts that were, mm-hmm. um, and so I, you know, I, I shared it with you guys in the the practice sermon a mm-hmm. few days ahead of time to make sure I wasn't misusing transparency. Um, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it was a healthy, and it was helpful. And so once you guys were all on board, um, I talked through it with Jennifer, and mm-hmm. that's where we landed on it. But it was never the intention of using that. Right. That was a, a few days ahead of time. I yeah. I, I'd be interested from you guys and just hearing, as you heard Neil with, just be that vulnerable from the pulpit during a sermon. Um, how do you think it resonated with our folks as we talk about knowing and being known, being at a place of pain and hurt, but also wanting, wanting to be at a place of health and, and worshiping um, like mm-hmm. we saw in the Psalms? Mm-hmm. What, what, what jumped out at y'all? What did, what did you hear or feel as you were listening to Neil uh, have that sense of vulnerability right there in, in front of 1,400 people? I think just for me, <clears throat> as I was growing up and getting into ministry, a lot of times, especially nowadays, I was told a lot, you know, personal application is great, but you always want to keep people back to the text. And so for the longest time, hmm. I veered away from trying to share personal stories because I didn't want it to be about me, mm-hmm. even though I know my heart was always in the right place. But in doing that, I feel like you do miss mm those real life moments where you get to hear what really is That's good. helping you be up on that stage. Cause I right. know just for me, as I heard, like just writing the letter in general, like, mm. I don't know if I even had that in me to do that. Right. It, if, if my dad passed away, like mm-hmm. just that experience and, and what that would be like. But even as just, as we all know you and we know your heart and everything, even to, to be on stage and be vulnerable to say, I'm sorry when I wasn't a good son. Mm-hmm. And I think every single one of us, like as we walked with you through this whole past year, few years that you've had with your dad, like we know you've been an amazing son. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day for, I think, cause I think all of us would have that moment too. Like I would hope most people would say, I've been a good son. I think my parents would say I've been a good son. But for me, all I think about is the times when I wasn't a good son. <laughs> and so for you to be open and honest mm-hmm. with that was like really just like, I connected with that on a deep level mm-hmm. when That's I heard good. that. That's really good. I think, too, no matter what the um, situation somebody's walking through, there's connection points all along the way, like failure, um, good moments that you can remember even in the journey. Um, And so I think I told you this yesterday. I think that when we were listening to your practice sermon on Sunday, 
after you read the letter, I connected to you just because that's kind of our story with my grandmother here recently. Um, And so I feel like I was kind of, you know, tracking with you. I never would have imagined that you would have gotten a hand clap after you read the letter (laughs) Mm -hmm. just because I didn't. I mean, I don't know. That's just not what I when it happened. I was like, oh, uh, oh, yes. Yes, that was good, Neil. But Mm -hmm. I think people were just so with you and in tune with you. That they and then when it was over, they were like, "That was hard." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he that's... just was so real with us, and like I think it was just a, an affirmation that's to right. you of mm-hmm. like, not not necessarily of what you said. It was great, but I think it was more of like, "Yes, we are standing with you right. in that." Like yeah. we feel that, um, and so I I just think, you know, we say to know and be known. You were known, mm-hmm, a- and yeah. you brought us back to the mm-hmm. the time before when you preached, and you know, like the the video. <laughs> She's shirt making thing. A, a fat person <laughs> hand motion. You know, like you just started, <laughs> you could only see what she was just doing. <laughs> you started us there, and it was kind of light, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's good. like, you know, the, I just want to be real with y'all. And it was like, yeah, and then and then you took us with you, like mm. took us on this journey, and. You just have a gift of writing anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, usually when you, you you mention this and why you don't take a story first because you can get off, you want to stay on scripture. But right. like when you write your, and when you tell a story, it's like when I woke on a Christmas morning and could smell this homemade cinnamon <laughs> rolls being baked in, in my kitchen. Yes. You know, it's like you just take us with you. He's and got so, a little drama in that's his right. writing. It's so good. I just, I, I think it was, it was, it was um, wow. really good. You guys did a great, like, in practicing. So the reason I think we landed on the story was because we all agree we need to, as a as a church, not just Broadmoor, but we need to openly talk about things that are undone along the way rather than just when, when we're on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's a, a value of community. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, we um, need to continue creating a culture where we talk about things along the way rather than just on the other side. That's good. And see faithfulness and things are messy and sloppy and and I'm not done. Like, right. Yeah. That's right. Like and I'm, it's okay to be that way. But I will, I'm pursuing hope in the middle of that. Uh, the other thing is you guys who were there to give feedback on whatever day, the, the Wednesday before, I mean, I think this is clear whenever we preach, like whenever I preach, that's a team effort. Mm-hmm. Like you guys took and gave feedback and that makes it, mm. um, it gives us more comfort and more peace going into it. That's but right. it, it is a beautiful picture of community, even in the preparation yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a great um, setup as well for where we were going in the text. Because while you did start light, you started with maybe a joke about the last time you you taught. You got really vulnerable, like we've said. But also, I think it, I think it showed um, vulnerability, brokenness, um, the you know, a longing. Mm-hmm. Right, something very personal and deep in you that I think we needed to have that weight to set up um, a very robust couple of psalms about lament mm-hmm. and about longing. Mm-hmm. So I think it was appropriate, and I think it got you to the text. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of scanning the room as, as you were sharing your story, and I think every single person that I saw was was locked in and Absolutely. felt felt the weight. And it wasn't like a it wasn't like a heavy burden everybody bore, but it was like, okay, yeah, yep. we're locked in with you. Um, and I think it was an appropriate step that you took. So last thing on the letter, and but 
uh, if anybody's, if you're in that same position or a different position, but loss is part of your story, mm-hmm. here's the instructions that I use for that. I wrote a letter to my dad in which um, I asked for forgiveness on certain things. I forgave him for certain things, and I gave updates mm-hmm. on family. And so that's if that's good. kind of where you're at, something like that where you you approach that letter, that that for me was some the helpful kind of guardrails that I put for that. Give the four again. Yeah, so I wrote a letter that uh, was to him that I um, gave him updates on everybody in the family. I asked for forgiveness for certain things. I forgave him for certain things, and I told him what I was grateful for. That's good. I don't know if that's four, but that's, that's that was the frame that I used. Yeah. That's and helpful. it really was a centering mm-hmm. um, activity. That's good. I, I think you and I have a mutual friend who presses, and you do this well too, when we talk about vulnerability – we don't want it to always be about things that we once experienced in the past and now we're free from. Mm-hmm. There's safety in that. You mm-hmm. can somewhat uh, have your boxes checked off and pretend to be vulnerable, and it is vulnerable, but it's always in, in the context of the past. And I think what you're saying and even what, Jordan, you are saying, when we share our story to say there's still brokenness, there's still hurt in my life, there's still sinfulness in my life, there's – there's still healing that needs to be done right now. And even from that place, you can get up and deliver truth from the word. Right. And and Jordan, I think you're right. Where there is a commitment to the word. We want we don't want to be the center of the story, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we learn in seminary and when preaching classes is you don't want to be the center. But when your story reveals his <clears throat> his um, sufficiency. I'm about to start now. crying. <laughs> uh, when when your story, Neil, points back to his sufficiency and right. him being the rescuer, uh, it it it's it goes a long way and it says mm-hmm. a lot. That's good. I think the other thing that was helpful along with that, Mark, is that when you're on the other side of pain, hurt, hard journey, whatever it is. And it ended and you can see the pieces put back together Mm -hmm. or you could see, oh, now I know what God was doing in that moment. Like I can see how he was faithful. If you're, if you're still in the middle of it, it's like, don't tell me that. Like I'm not there. (laughs) And it, it it hurts. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to hear your, yes, yeah, you ended up good. You know, like I, I can get, I'm going to get there one day, but right now that's just not (laughs) where I am. And so I think that's the other reason why. I just appreciated it so much was like, it's not like you've completely healed from that journey and you're, and you, it's all sunshine and rainbows. You know, it's like, I'm still, I'm still journeying through it. Like it was hard and, but I know I have hope in the Lord, but it still hurts Mm -hmm. and it's still hard. At the same time. That's right. And so I think sometimes to your point, Mark, when you get on, in front of people or on a stage to preach, it's like, oh, we know the Lord's faithful. I I went through this, but He healed me of that, and I'm okay. Or we weren't able to have kids, and now we have them. Or you know, like we got a diagnosis, but now we're healed. You know, mm-hmm. it it was like we're still still in, in it, it right. with you. And I think that was I appreciated that part of your Thank vulnerability. You. Yeah. Thanks, I, I did too. And I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you, Chris, because I think um, as as someone who leads in worship, and by the way, we're really grateful you're here. Appreciate um, that. It's just uh, my my kids were they just they love you. And I was talking to somebody else, and they're like, "Man, I love it when Chris is up there." So it's very kind. You do you do yeah. great. Uh, just really 
sincere and uh, we know it's coming from your heart. But as a leader, I think your um, your passion and your heart to lead people to worship, recognizing brokenness mm. in yourself and in the room. Um, you look at Psalm and, and this guy, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm hurting right yeah, now. Yeah. And it goes back to... One of the things that Neil said, and I don't want to get too far into it because that's where we wanted to end, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I mean, just the the gap or the chasm between sure. where we are and where we want to be. Hmm. And when we recognize we're not where we want to be, when we see I'm, I'm still here, I'm still hurting, I yeah. want to be up there, and I know, Lord, you want me to be there, that's but right. I'm still here. How do I worship in this moment? Hmm. What does that look like? And that's a it's a huge question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And as believers, uh, I think we there there is a longing uh, for that communion with God. Whether we know how to articulate that or not, we we know that He is better. Uh, and once we kind of realize that, yes, we all are broken, and we don't try to like as worship leaders or as ministers ignore the brokenness, right? And mm-hmm. In worship, that can look like we're only going to sing happy songs or songs, you mm-hmm. know, uh, about breakthrough or what have you. Um, but there aren't, we don't really sing a lot of songs of lament mm. and being broken and contrite. Um, so that's why I was really looking forward to this this weekend, um, trying out songs yeah. that, you know, if if they don't, if they aren't songs of lament, like the last one that we did, Psalm 42, maybe they point to restoration or comfort that we have uh, in our Lord. And so I think it's just as ministers helping people to see, um, you know, it's okay to, to be broken. That mm-hmm. That's what the Lord is looking for. Right. And even if we're not like, let's not pretend, because I think in church life, we can all kind of just walk in and pretend everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think true, authentic, God-honoring worship is when we can say, I'm not okay yeah. right now. Uh, but right? My hope is mm-hmm. in the Lord. And, and that's why I love this repetition in, in Psalm 42 and 43. Why are you cast down, O my soul? It's okay to ask that. Mm-hmm. Why are you in turmoil within me? We're like talking to ourselves here. But then, like a lot of Psalms do, it, it kind of points, okay, hope in God for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And that's so important to have the word in our hearts. And it's important I believe to be at church with fellow believers and with your yeah. with your people, so we can encourage each other. And that's a big reason we we do mm-hmm. congregational singing, and why we place a huge value on congregational singing and picking songs that that both say it's okay to not be okay, but also we're going to hope in God and trust Him and praise Him, mm-hmm. even when we're suffering, even when we're going through trials and temptations of that's all right. kinds, because he is still worthy mm-hmm. of our highest praise and adoration. That's really good. And I think that's what the psalmist was trying to, as he's getting through his own thirsting, longing, as he's, the, the three points that Neil brought up, as he's dealing with the oppression of his enemies, mm-hmm. as he's waiting for rescue, uh, hope is such a big word, I think, that the church needs today. Right. So, and again, I'd love for, for Neil at some point to break down how we got to those three points because they were so huge and, and so yeah. so big in the scriptures, but I think it could be easy to overlook it. That's right. Jump so in, glad that jump in and do it. Let's yeah, so um, the, that chorus that you just recited uh, breaks down those, those two psalms, really one, um, into those three sections. And so simply when 
uh, hermeneutics when I went and kind of I think that the imagery that, that we talk about in hermeneutics is the the passage is a block of wood and you see where it naturally is split mm. right and so that those words are kind of where and I did the work on it that's that's where they divide the first one is really about a thirsty soul mm. the next one is uh, being overwhelmed or oppressed by the enemies and the last one for me was this this rescue uh, resurgence of the plead for rescue speak on my behalf deliver me from this um, and so those, those words kind of become the theme for each one of those sections. Yeah. Just because that's where the, the psalmist in my mind yeah. wrote it. Very helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially with you in your sermon, breaking down, like taking some time to break down each of the, mm -hmm. those big points within, yeah. within the text. It's mm. good. All right. Let's, um, Amy had a question, I think at the beginning that was good. You want to do that? Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, I think it was in your letter when you were um, talk, talking to your dad and you said at the end, um, is this the question you're talking yeah. about? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, towards the end of the letter, you said something to the effect of, I want to spend the rest of my life um, figuring out how the heavenly, how to get that. Heavenly Father to see me. What What did you say? Can you just read it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do you know what point I'm talking about? Yeah. I want to spend, it was at the end when I said, Dad, here's what I don't want. I don't want to have dementia as part of my story. Right. What I do want was um, I want to spend the, my rest, the rest of my life being seen by the Father in a way that only a son is seen by his Father. So that was the statement. Okay. So I think... Something like that. Yeah. Can you just tell us more about... Um, like, do you ever feel like there's moments when you're not being seen by the Father? Yeah. And so, if, mm -hmm. if, well, you answer that and then I'll ask it. Yeah, I'm... so for me, uh, let's go to John 21. And I think John 21, Jesus uh, is on a seashore and Peter's gone back to fishing. And um, Peter sees it's Jesus and Jesus has this exchange with him where he says, do you love me? Yes, you know, I do. You know, feed my feet, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, that kind of thing. Um, for me, it's it's not that it's not that we're never seen. It's not that we are never seen by our Father. It is that there are moments we become clear and we recognize that we're being seen by Him in that moment. That's right. And that we are loved and deep and safe. And mm -hmm. um, that's the experience I want to have. I spend much of my life focusing on production or performance mm -hmm. or being busy and like doing the thing. Um, but when I sit still and know that I can bring my questions and my pain and my fears to him and I, and I'm, a, and I'm aware that that's what's going on, that I'm sitting with my father, that's, that's what I want is because that leads me to a sense of uh, being loved and safe and, um, and resting. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm not really great yet I mean, my, in my practices of spiritual disciplines so it's just the awareness of i know what it feels like and that comes like it's right like in relationships too like when you're aware that you are being known by someone and that they are there with you locked in and you are safe and you are loved no matter what you're confessing in that moment mm -hmm. and you that's a healing experience mm -hmm. in community i want it with jesus and i want it with other people is to know that in my undoneness yeah um I'm still, I'm still loved. And, and I think that comes from me. There's two motives in Mark. And we, over the last few years, um, I've said this and I, hate, I don't know if you like it sometimes, 
But to me, it is... Uh, it's the only thing you've ever said I don't it's like. It's the only thing. <laughs> uh, th- there was a helpful book that came out several years ago by Bill Thrall and McNichol. It's called True Faced. And the idea of you start from this, this pivot point of, am I trying to please God or am I trusting God? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you, depending on which those things then become um, driving forces behind what your values become mm-hmm. and what your motives and like what your actions become. So therefore... When I would pray, for example, I wouldn't really confess my sins because I thought I had to be cleaned up to impress or please versus now I'm learning to simply bring those things and, and he's not surprised or overwhelmed by my by my sins and I bring those things to him. But it, it's, it's a practice for yeah. me. Is that answering your... Yeah, because you, you mentioned it a little later in the sermon when you talked about resting, like practicing Sabbath rest and mm-hmm. leaders of the household. And um, I think what I understand you saying is that If we're not careful, we fill our lives with so much and we become so busy and um, where do we go when we're hurting? Like, are we scrolling social media? Are we sitting in silence? You know, what are we filling ourselves with? If we're not careful, we're unaware of the Father's love for us in that moment because we're not we're not letting, That's right. we're not giving it to Him. We're not letting Him love us. We don't have to come to Him, put together to to be seen by him. We don't have to have it all together. He sees us where we are and loves us deeply in all those moments. I kind of jumped to Adam and Eve when you said that Mm -hmm. in the sense of they were hiding, but it wasn't like they were hiding. Like you you can't escape to your point, Amy, like you can't not be seen by him. That's right. But we try. Yeah. And in our posture is uh, I'm going to somewhat hide from him. I'm not going yeah. to confess. I'm not going to be vulnerable to him. I'm going to busy my life. I'm, there's a thousand coping methods that we come up with to to try to block off being seen by him. I think Adam and Eve, I mean, we, we are those sinners who have been covered by the blood, and now we can come out of hiding hmm. and stand before him with nothing yeah. in our brokenness, in our sin, and hmm. and. and we can be safe, to your point. Yeah, I mean, excuse the word. We we can be naked before Him, and not be ashamed, <laughs> and only think, because we are clothed with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Right. That's right. And if and we're not careful, safe. I think we forget that and mm-hmm. don't even know that we're not being vulnerable. Uh, absolutely. And to that's the right. Lord, like we're just doing our thing. We got it all together. We're fine. Yep. It's fine. This is hard, but it's good. Yeah, you know. But we're not actually being vulnerable exactly right. and. Letting the Lord see us. That's right. What about the flip side of that where maybe sometimes we, many of those that we love, don't feel seen by God, mm-hmm. maybe in their suffering or in their persecution That's or good. in their life. Uh, maybe they, they, they feel like they are trying to pray, mm. they are trying to read, and they still don't feel seen. I think I think the psalmist can relate to that in yeah. some way, but still assures himself I have to put my hope. Like, so w- what is there to say about that? How can we as Christians, even in those maybe valley seasons, dark seasons, where we don't feel like God hears us when we cry out to him, how do we? Mm. I think that, that's, that's a great point. And that's yeah. kind of where the psalmist is, right? Which is, um, if God, how can you love me and be for me and right. allow me to experience pain mm-hmm. and what clearly doesn't match up with what I would think you'd want for me. Well, it feels like separation from That's right. It's that chasm statement, right? Yeah, yeah what, I'm, what I'm experiencing. I, I think for us, us practicing how do we, 
and talking about our sense of hope in those moments. The more we talk about it, as and I think that that's the cool part about the Psalms, right? They were written originally as gathered worship songs. Mm-hmm. Now, because of all the stuff that's gone over generationally in the nation of Israel, the Psalms have become more of a private prayer thing, but they were written to be collectively, we're saying this all together. And in doing those things all together, it becomes restorative and safe for people to to hold on to and endure pain and see God as both um, loving of me and and in control, yet allowing pain at the exact same time. Mm. But if we don't talk about it together, we we easily can lose hope and don't see how those go together. Yeah. When in fact they do, right? Um, yeah. I think too, like when I find myself in moments like that, Chris, where it's like, Lord, do you hear me? Like, do you see me? What are you doing something about this? <laughs> you know, like I think in those moments f- for me, it's important for me to put my hope in the Lord. Like yeah. I-, I am hurting. This does, this is terrible, but I know God is sovereign and yeah. I know God, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how much I pray. It doesn't matter how much I go to church. Like the Lord is sovereign over all things and, and all things are working together mm. for his glory. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it, it might not end the way I want it to, or my situation yeah. might not turn out the way I want. Neil didn't get his dad to write in his journal. I vividly remember you leaving and being so excited about him writing his stories down in that journal. And then it didn't work out mm-hmm. that way. And that's, may be a silly illustration, it's but now you have his voice, mm-hmm. you know, and and God, God is sovereign over all of that. And yeah. so I think it's important for us to remember for ourselves and to be able to remind our brothers and sisters that, that yes. yes, this is, this is so hard mm-hmm. and yes, this hurts so bad, but somehow mm-hmm. God's going to be glorified in this and he's working through it all, the good right. and the bad. And I think uh, this may be a, Really bad example. I was as you were just talking the idea of parents. Good parents, healthy parents, allow their children to experience pain. That is for their for the mm. overall benefit of who they are becoming, mm. and they don't just stop the pain um, just to avoid temporary pain. And I think God's view is obviously larger. Um, and again, it's moving towards His glory and towards all the benefit of all of us, right? right. And so. Um, Imagine how arbitrary we feel if at any whim God stepped in and stopped pain mm-hmm. for any mm-hmm. individual. Um, what that says it would say about his character. Um, and so, yeah. And would we really yeah. trust? Would we really right. have hope Like if we right. didn't endure those things? But it's still hard. Like we still, still yeah, question. Yes. Like surely, God, you'd want this for me. When yeah. We were going through infertility. Surely, God, this. And um, holding on and enduring mm-hmm. and still... Pursuing worship, I think, is is a it's good. It's a, yeah. it's a healthy posture. I think it is, and you know, just recognizing our hurt and where does that hurt come from? Um, what what are we what are we looking at? What are we facing in the enemies when that hurt come? When we experience that hurt, um, you you boiled it down to three specific enemies. Mm-hmm. I so and want to talk more about I know, this. I know that was. You had to cut out a lot, didn't you? I did. We kind of chopped up your sermon on from I, Wednesday. It made you cut out a bunch of stuff. I wanted to talk more about like the John seven thirty seven. Yeah. You had a whole festival. other sermon. I did, and it was so good. It but was, it was good so good because you brought good. Jesus into it, and you talked. You paid, made the parallels beautiful. Well, tell us now. Do it. So, well, don't take too long because Chase is going to start. I'm going to go to the enemies, but this, <laughs> so yeah, the 
the, what I wanted to talk about with Jesus in John seven thirty seven was the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, mm-hmm. and the idea of him dwelling and the way God set that up back in the Old Testament. And I just thought, ah, I wanted to say more about that mm-hmm. because it makes the – Brings come, a little more fuller. It, it yeah. just like – it pulls that in. The other was the, the three enemies. And so what I wanted to say was kind of the history that you see coming out as the early followers of Jesus are trying to figure out how they practice the way, mm-hmm. right? right? And so you see this, I think, in obviously then and then in the, in the councils around 1200, you see Thomas Aquinas kind of bumping around the three enemies the, at the councils, maybe the Council of Trent. Um, you see all that. In the 1500s, you have the Protestant Reformation, and you have the Book of Common Prayer that are all kind of identifying these three common enemies. Hmm. Um, and then a couple of years ago, John Mark Comer brings it back up again in Live No Lies. Hmm. Um which is a whole book just on those three enemies, yep. which is well worth the read. No doubt. Um, and so for me, like just, f- f- um, I believe that we were kind of surprised. Like, I don't know why I'd be struggling with this. And I'm like, but yeah, but we don't need to be surprised. We actually right. know this is how the enemy strategy works. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have spiritual warfare. Our fleshly minds and bodies are gonna cause chaos. Right. And we live in a world that will then attack because of what we've done and the way we've jacked it up. That's right. Therefore, we're going to have struggles and temptations in these areas, hmm. right? And so, um, for our listener, give us the three enemies. Uh, yeah. So you have Satan, our flesh, and the world. Hmm. Satan as the adversary, the liar, the accuser. Um, that's that's what he's going to do. He's plant lies everywhere. Um, our flesh is we, by our own, we are bent towards distorting what God reveals. We diminish what he instructs. Mm-hmm. We disobey. Um, and then the world is the idea that, you know, going back to Jesus' teaching, we're not of this world. Right. But we should expect persecution. Um, to be hated. Yeah. To be hated. Yeah. Uh, they hated him. They're going to hate us, right? And so, That's good. Yeah. And it's amazing how all three of those will team up and work together. Mm-hmm. And it becomes really overwhelming at times. Yes. Yeah. Which, which yeah. for me goes to what we wanted to talk about, the small group thing of why in our small group we've started asking those questions of uh-huh. each other. Say, you did this, Neil? Hmm. Let's look at that thing that you did that you thought was so healthy. <laughs> Tell me the things about that that seem righteous to you and the things that are probably no are more about your sinfulness. Uh-huh. Even though you did the right thing, what led you to that decision? Yeah. That's good. I think there's such a truth to, you know, staying alert. Yeah. Because their enemy prowls around like a right. lion. Ready, Ready to, to devour. devour. Yeah. Right. Oh, and to accuse, into yeah, that's yeah. Right. All right, here, here's where I want to end it. Chase is on the edge of his seat, so I'm gonna. Um, th- that's the. But cue. we don't feel the pain of that. That's only you. So we're gonna just keep on talking and figure how you can wrap it up. And I think we can do this quickly. But I, I do know that somebody's listening, or multiple people, who are feeling that place of, I don't know where God is. I, I feel like I've been beating my head against the wall for months. I don't sense intimacy with him. I, I I feel ashamed or I feel hurt, and he's just not. He's he's not there in the way that I wish he was. Mm-hmm. We've all probably been there. What what are one or two immediate practices? I hate to turn it into a practice, but I think there's things that we can do in those moments to um, to help us sustain. In those moments, and it, it, it may not be an action as much as a, yeah, a, a belief or a prayer. Sure. Or what 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 can those folks do? I'll just say quickly. Uh, when I asked that question earlier, 
what I heard from you guys was was sound theology. Mm-hmm. Says so something about sitting under the word. Make sure you're getting fed. Preaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then having community around you, people who know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can look like counseling or a small group, your family, your friends, um, the church, just walking through life together, mm-hmm. you know, singing these songs together. Let somebody in and together. verbalize your, your place. Yeah. And I think just, you know, thinking about thinking about Jesus as our great high priest, uh, just what, a, what an incredible gift that is, that he intercedes for us, that he prays for us, that he... You know, more than just the Christianese, he is on our side. He truly is interceding for us in our every need. And I think so often we, we can forget that. You know, right. Hebrews talks a lot about Jesus' role as our as our great high priest. So that brings me a lot of comfort mm-hmm. when, when I wonder, where where are you, God? Yeah. Uh, it gives me a lot of hope that Jesus is praying on my behalf. Good Lord. Yeah, I think in my experience when I've had those moments, I think it goes back to my my heart posture and my preconceived notions of how I think God is going to answer those. Good. And in doing that, I've miss, I'm missing what he's been doing the whole time. In the same way, like that, go back to the father analogy. Uh, sometimes when you're a kid, you, you ask, well, why this? Why can't, why can't you do that? And the parent just goes, <laughs> because I'm the parent That's and right. I know, I know, That's I know right. better for you. And so I think it's those moments of I'm looking at all the ways I think God's going to answer. Mm-hmm. When in all actuality, he's answering it. My eyes just over here to the right. That's right. God's saying, hey, I'm over here to the left. That's right. So mm-hmm. trusting in just in his sovereignty and mm-hmm. his goodness, even when we don't really feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. We did it. Hey, a quick, quick – hold on. We're, we're oh. sorry. I just nerfed your hand clap. My bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We just got a hand clap. And I know. mess it up. I know. Uh, I would just give a, a quick shout-out to if, if dementia is part of your story. Mm. Um, Broadmoor has an incredible – group of caregivers who have a, a caregiver support group led by Bob and Jane Goff and they are amazing hmm. um, good word and so I just want to make sure we that's Thank a very specific one but yeah you can stuff. clap now that was Go ahead. good worth the clap yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you did that <laughs> <Can't laughs> alright y'all hey thank you great time today thanks as always good well stuff. thank you enjoyed it and uh, y'all have a great week we'll see you next week see you later This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at mybroadmoor. Thanks for listening.